It's game day, Tampa Bay. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Left circle, Stamkos. Holds, holds, shoots, scores! Stamkos! Again! The latest Lightning news, interviews, and more. Wow. With your host, Greg Linelli. That's great, folks. That's great right there. On Lightning Power Play. We are live at Amelie Arena getting you set for Lightning and Canadians tonight. And the Lightning getting another opportunity to distance themselves from some of these teams below them in the Atlantic Division standings, Montreal being one of them. Montreal finds themselves in a position, even though they are playing well of late, of missing the playoffs again for, what, the third straight year. And we're going to have Stu Cowan on from the Montreal Gazette to talk about what this Canadians team is going to look like moving forward. He believes that maybe a major shakeup needs to take place in the offseason for this team to figure things out. They've made some moves. They've tried to make some moves over the last couple of years. Hasn't really worked out the way they envisioned. I think Jonathan Drewin is probably a perfect example of that. You understand why they traded for the former Lightning forward, but injuries certainly have prevented him from making an impact this year. And now I think there are some questions as to what he will be like as a player in this organization. It does make you appreciate what Tampa Bay has been able to do over the last few years. Yes, winning the Stanley Cup is what this franchise is going to be judged uh, moving forward, and they should. This is a Lightning team that has done basically everything you can in the regular season. It's what they need to accomplish in the postseason that has people wanting more, and this year is no exception. But take a look at Montreal and look at Montreal, the organization that was the envy of the NHL not too long ago. Look where they are right now, and it's a joke. You can make the case that, and it's a very strong one, that the Lightning are in a better position all the way around than the Montreal Canadiens. And 20 years ago, you might have been laughed out of the building. The Lightning have built their team through the draft, they've made smart trades. They have started to figure things out cap-wise. And obviously they have an owner who's backing this team 100%. Wasn't always like that. There were some struggles, obviously. But again, over the last four, five, six years, the Lightning organization is second to none, both on and off the ice. The Montreal Canadiens are trying to figure out what to do on the ice, and that has been a big problem for them. It is Lightning Power Play Live. Glad you're with us here. On a Thursday, as we get you set for Lightning and Canadians, Tampa Bay comes in with 87 points, Montreal 71. And I know Tampa Bay takes on Boston coming up in a couple of days. But for the most part, when you look at the Lightning, outside of a huge collapse by the Bruins, they're going to finish in second place. So there are a couple of things that immediately pop into your mind and my mind when it comes to the Lightning and finishing out the regular season. One, can they stay injury-free? It does appear that Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruta will be coming back sooner rather than later. In fact, McDonough could be playing on this recent road trip. Ryan McDonough is an underrated defenseman. If you listened to the show last year, you knew I felt like he was probably their best defensive defenseman. And he can do things from that standpoint that not a lot of players on the Lightning can do. He blocks shots. He communicates very well back there. 
and he's allowed Eric Chernak to grow into the defenseman he's become. Tampa Bay's top four defensemen are second to none, I think, in the NHL, and you can make a strong case their top six are as good as anyone. But Ryan McDonough, in some ways, does make that defense go, and he, sorely, he has been sorely missed, no doubt about that, since he's been injured. Jan Ruta as well, let's face it, not many people thought Jan Ruta was going to be a top four defenseman before the season began, but here we are sitting talking about Victor Hedman and playing some of his best hockey with Jan Ruta next to him. Once Ruta and McDonough come back, and hopefully they do get a few games in before the regular season ends, you're talking about a very strong back end that now has a lot of depth and a lot of quality. And so for me, it is getting healthy, number one, for Tampa Bay as we evaluate this team heading into the playoffs. And it's going to be who does Tampa Bay match up well against or better in that first round. I'm not sure it's really going to matter. Toronto certainly is an explosive team that can hurt you offensively. And Florida would be the other team, I think, that's kind of lurking around. But either one, you feel pretty confident that Tampa Bay could handle the Maple Leafs or the Panthers. And I understand what happened last year, but that was last year. This year is different. The Lightning, I think, are a better team because they went through that heartbreak against the Blue Jackets. I think they're a better team defensively as a team. And I think they also understand the window is closing just a bit on this core group of players trying to win a cup before it's blown up. And so for me, when you take a look at the remaining few games here on the schedule, it is health. And then it's really just trying to evaluate who they're going to play in that first round. Yeah, you want some guys to finish out the season strong. Individual awards are great. But the individual awards for Tampa Bay really don't mean a heck of a lot. I mean, they do when contracts and negotiations come into play. But for this Lightning team, basically every core guy has been paid or will be paid. This is about what are you going to do in the playoffs, and the Lightning understand that. But again, Lightning fans, I think in a game like this tonight, look at the opposing team. Montreal is as big as it gets when it comes to hockey. You know about the tradition. You know about the Hall of Fame players. But really, when you sit here today, it is pretty remarkable that a team from Florida is in a lot better shape than the team that basically is all about hockey and that lives and breathes it 24-7. And maybe this is what the NHL wanted when we talked about parity. I look at it like this. I think the Lightning have done the hard work getting to this point by drafting, developing, and identifying talent. It wasn't always smooth. They went through a, a couple of uh, rough patches for sure. But they came out on the other side and are better for it. The Canadians, it seems like, are stuck in mediocrity. And in an era where there's a ton of parity, that's the worst place you can be. We'll talk to Stu Cowan, as I said before, from the Montreal Gazette about the Montreal Canadiens. What do they do with Mark Bergevin? What do they do with Claude Julien? Do they even entertain an idea of trading a guy like Carey Price in the offseason? And maybe the bigger question is, can you, with his contract and his health issues over the last few years? Andre Vasilevsky will be getting the start in that tonight for the Lightning. He's 33-13-3 with a 9-1-5 save percentage and a 2.61 goals against. 
the Lightning need to get off to a better start tonight. I don't think anybody would question that after what happened against Boston two nights ago. And it wasn't the fact that Tampa Bay lost to Boston that upset many of you. Boston is arguably the best team in the East. And they're a really good road team. Uh, they're just a really good team in general. In fact, Tampa Bay had already defeated Boston twice this season. Losing to them is not a big deal. But I think it's how they lost that maybe had some people annoyed. Early on, Boston really dictated play, used their speed to their advantage, and just seemed like they were a step ahead of Tampa Bay in every way. Now the Lightning at the end of the second period into the third finally figured it out, and that was good to see. But they want a better start tonight. There's no question about that, and I think that's something hopefully you will see against the Montreal Canadiens. Again, at Greg Linelli, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you certainly can. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Brian Burns. He's the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll get his thoughts on the game tonight. What is he looking for when it comes to the remaining games of this regular season? Ryan McDonough and Jan Rutza look like they'll be coming back sooner rather than later, especially Ryan McDonough. How badly have they missed him on defense with Ruta? I think it's been noticeable, and we'll talk to Bernsey about that when we return. We're getting you set for Lightning and Canadians here at Amelie Arena on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Peter Kudrop left circle, crosses Johnson right circle. Jump score! Oh, what a snipe! The latest news, interviews, and more with your host, Greg Lanelli. He would not be denied! On Lightning Power Play. Uh, it's still it's still hard to push a button when it comes to the scoreboard, apparently. That's been a lot of fun in the press box and the uh, the radio booth here. It's been um it's been an adventure to say the least, no doubt about that, but we've all had fun with it and if you listen to the games you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is Greg Lanelli lighting power play live, getting you set for Lightning and Canadians. Brian Burns, the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, joins us here uh, in the booth. Getting you set for this game tonight. Burnsy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good other than oh. this tangled mess of I wires. Right Every here. time I feel like somebody sits in that in that seat, there's always it just looks like a, a four year old decided I want to play I'm, with it. I'm O C D and I just want to like <laughs> get this. Do thing you want to take a couple properly. minutes to, no, no, to no, get no, you I'm sure? Good. I'm good. Because right. I'm I'm all for it. Put it out of mind. Um You know, I said the the game against Boston, it wasn't it wasn't disappointing because they lost to Boston. Boston's a really good team. Tampa Bay had defeated them already twice this year. I think it's the way the game started that probably had the players and coaches a little disappointed in how things transpired. Yeah, you were hoping they would show up, you know, from the start of that one. And I thought Alex Killorn had a pretty interesting comment yesterday after practice where he said that uh, they were kind of waiting to see what kind of Boston team they were going to get. Wow. Uh, and then that kind of dictated how they were going to play. And he... Uh, kind of lamented that that fact and said, you know, we need to come out. You know, this is a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations. This is a team that needs to come out and impose their will, especially on home ice. They yeah. need to be the, the team that dictates the terms of, you know, how the game's going to be played and to kind of come in with that passive approach uh, against a team like Boston, against a team you're fighting for for uh, first place in the Atlantic Division. Uh, I thought that was a little bit disappointing. And good to see, you know, them get – into the game about halfway through and make a contest of it. But I think the start of that was one that was very much less than desirable for the Bolts. You feel, you still feel like it's taking these guys some time 
adjusting with the new guys that they brought in and that I don't think it's it's coincided. I don't think it's the reason why they've been playing so-so since then, but it does take some time, Yeah, doesn't it? it? And I think, you know, John Cooper had a pretty good point about, you know, not just for the new guys coming in. It takes time for the, the old guys, the guys that have been here because uh, they have new roles now. You know, they might have been in a second-line role or a third line, and now uh, whether it's Blake Coleman or, or Goodrow coming in, maybe they've been pushed down or pushed to another spot than they were before, you know, their arrival. So it takes everybody adjusting to, to the new guys coming in. And there's – Sparks. I really like what I'm seeing from Coleman and Goodrow on the penalty kill. Yeah. I think they've been fantastic there. I think they've given that unit uh, another element, uh, uh, another group of forwards that can come over and do a really good job killing penalties. And I'm not worried about that penalty kill anymore. I know they went through a little bit of a right. slide there, uh, especially not having McDonough and Ruda for, for so long. But I feel like that group's pretty solid and is going to be one that the Lightning can lean on uh, through the rest of the season. I'd like to see... You know, Coleman maybe look for his offense a little bit more. I was looking through the stats, and, uh, you know, he's like 26th in the league for shots. He, he has more shots than anybody else on, on the Lightning. Obviously, they just haven't come yeah. with the Lightning, but uh, he has a couple more shots than Nikita Kucherov, who's been the, the Lightning's leader for shots for much of the year. So I'd like to see him look for that shot a little bit more. He's a 20-goal scorer. He's a guy that can put the puck in the net. Uh, with Stamkos out, they need some of these, you know, secondary scoring guys to step up a little bit, and he's one that I have my eye on to uh, kind of make that push and be more of a goal-scoring threat. It's interesting you made gave that stat about Kucherov because I think a lot of people feel like he could probably shoot a lot more. Yeah, I don't think he had you a know? shot in the Boston game. Yeah, I thought they were pretty, pretty quiet the first line. Yeah, yeah, they were quiet. They kind of got taken out of the game. I thought the fourth line, the third line and the fourth line, I thought they were outstanding. I thought that fourth line really generated. Yeah. Uh, they started that push. Uh, you know, Yanni Gord had that fight with Nordstrom, and that got some energy in the building and kind of woke the lightning up a little bit. And then that fourth line kind of really went to work on the forecheck and disruptive and you know, keeping the puck below uh, the goal line and cycling it around and uh, just keeping possession and, and yeah. uh, keeping it buried in Boston's zone. I thought that was a really good turning point. And then Mitchell Stevens, you know, getting that goal there late in the second period kind of turned things around. But I really liked what the third and the fourth lines did in the Boston game. We asked a poll question on uh, our show Twitter page, at Bolts Radio, about which role player needs to give a bit more with Stammer being out. Tyler Johnson, not surprising, had yeah. the most the most votes. Do you you buy that? Yeah. Or is there somebody else you think that's Yeah, I think Tyler bigger? Johnson, you know, he only has about he has 30 points on the year. That That's, that's low for him. Uh, yeah. He has a decent amount of goals. You know, half of those are goals. But uh, you'd like to see a little bit more production from him. Uh, I look at – I know he's new and just talked about him. But Blake Coleman, I look yeah. to him to be a guy to uh, to look to fill the net a little bit more, especially with his – you know, there's only, a, what, five or six 20-goal scorers on his team. He's one of them. He yeah. hasn't scored them with the Lightning, but but he's a guy that's a 20-goal scorer. And, uh, and maybe even Alex Kalorn, his, his goal scoring has dried up a little bit. It hasn't come as prolific as it had – you know, through the first two-thirds of the season. So uh, it'd be nice if he can. And I think he's been a victim of one of these guys that's been kind of, like, moved around a bit with the new guys coming in and with some of the injuries. Uh, he was on a pretty good line there with Sorelli uh, when he was scoring a lot of his goals. And then he got shifted around a little bit, was playing some fourth-line minutes there, some third-line minutes. And uh, would like to see him get back to being a, an offensive threat or a guy that the Lightning can count on to, to score a lot of goals for him. Brian Burns, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live, getting you set for Lightning and Canadians. I was making the uh, comparison, Burnsy, with these two teams playing tonight. 
really, when you take a look at just where these franchises are, you know, you think of hockey and you think of Montreal, but really it's the Tampa Bay Lightning organization that is, in some ways, I think, head and shoulders above where Montreal wants to be. And it's just amazing, a team that's you know, still relatively new in the league. I mean, relatively speaking to Montreal, Montreal is probably the franchise looking up at Tampa Bay and not vice versa. Yeah, it was interesting. We had the, uh, the whole Montreal media contingent here yesterday because uh, they were skating after the Lightning. Yeah. Uh, and some of the questions from them, uh, there was one question that was like, they, they talked about uh, Andre Vasilevsky played his best game uh, I heard that in question. Montreal. Yeah. And, uh, and the other game, you give up 17 shots, and then does, does this playing Montreal spark you to, I heard to be this much better team? <laughs> like, just looking for that little bit of crumb of, like, we're still relevant, I know. we're still good. Pat and, us on the back, please. Yeah, exactly, because they just have nothing. It's been just, you know, one mediocre year after another, really, since that. It really has been. Um, the year that the Lightning beat them in the second round of the playoffs, yeah. so. Uh, I understand. I mean, you know, those guys, that's a proud franchise. There's a, a ton of support for them, and, you know, they love Montreal, and they just haven't given them a product on the ice to really you they know, haven't get been behind. Relevant. They haven't they been They really relevant. haven't. They've just been a, a pretty mediocre team for and the last four or five years. That's pretty unacceptable, and I'm trying to think of other analogies or comparisons in other sports. You know, is it the equivalent of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I think that's a good one. Maybe. I was thinking maybe. maybe the Yankees when they went through that period, and I don't remember exactly when, when they had all those high-priced players and they still yeah. weren't making the postseason and the Rays were finishing above them in the standings. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Cowboys. I mean, you're that's talking a, about championships. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty good one. You're trying to think. You're hard-pressed to, to look at an organization that – I mean, again, when you think of hockey, you think of Montreal. Yeah, you absolutely. think of Canada. I mean, I mean you, you see that, that sweater come out on the right. ice, and it's just iconic. You know You're like, is. this is a, a, a great hockey team. This is, sure. is going to be a great game to watch because of this franchise. That's but in the then you look right at now. Tampa Bay, and it's, it's what Montreal wants to be. It's well-run. They draft and develop their players very well. For the most part, they make shrewd decisions in, in terms of who they're keeping and who they're letting go. And they're competitive every year. They're competitive and they're relevant. And they're they always are. on people's, you know, when people are talking about who's a, who's a cup contender this year. You know, Tampa Bay is going to be one of those three or no four doubt. teams that always comes to the top. You think they're still biased when it comes to Tampa Bay? You know, I, I, I'm i not from Florida. You know, I moved down here yeah, me a few either. years. Yeah, either you. Um, I never really got the sense. You know, maybe it was that when I was in Pittsburgh. You knew that the Lightning had won a cup and you knew that they had Marty St. Louis and Vinny LeCavier and that they were a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. I don't think you discounted them. And when I came down here, I, I certainly didn't feel that way. I felt like good fan base. Now, I got here right when things were changing, and yeah. I think that's probably Ownership helps. has a lot to do with that. For sure, as you know. And, yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, do you, do you still get the sense that the national media – Still looks at Tampa Bay and and says, "Eh, as a backwater." Maybe I don't know, but because I, I, no, I, I still feel like a lot of them still pick the Lightning to win the yeah, cup the last couple of years. I don't think so. I think enough have been down here, and the Lightning have been on enough, you know, sustained runs in the postseason yeah. where a lot of these, you know, national Canadian uh, media types are here for some of those runs, and they see the energy in the building. They yes. see, you know, the, the fans walking around on the street with the logo and the right. flags on the cars, and just all of that. Uh, yeah. And I think Stamco stayed. I think that had a lot to do with it, too. I think yeah. when he had an opportunity to go as a free agent and then he stayed, he signed that long-term contract, and he talked about, you know, Tampa Bay being a hockey town. Yeah. I, I think 
that kind of helps solidify it a little bit. Yeah, I would think so too. And it's it's remarkable, really. I think where they've come, and I know they had the what ten years when Jeff Finnick yeah took over the other day, which was uh, pretty. Look, ownership is half the battle. You got to get that right. I mean, I've you, heard some of the stories from people that have been here from the pre-Vinick days about what kind of ownership was and things that were going on around the office, and it's just. It's night and day, you know, just what a good owner willing you know, from to the spend. top down and come. It just trickles down through the entire it really organization. Does. It really does. Now, you have to be able to capitalize on it. Yeah. But when you have the backing of an owner who, you know, is willing to do what you have to to win, you know, I think we've seen in sports in general. Sometimes that's not always the case, but uh, it is interesting watching that whole dynamic. All right, so when we look at the Lightning again, uh, struggling a bit, I think they want to start putting some wins together before the, the regular season ends. But how much do you think their struggles can be attributed to having McDonough and Ruta out on the back end where, you know, at times things have been a little leaky here defensively? Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, can be attributed to that. And I feel like when those two first went out, I think the Lightning were able to kind of mask that. They were able to overcome having those two guys out. But I think it's been catching up to them of late. Uh, and I think it really caught up to them on that West trip, that West Coast, or the, the Western trip where they went to, to Colorado, uh, Vegas, and Arizona. And even in the Colorado win, even though that was a win and the 11th straight win and yeah. set the franchise record, they were still, you know, a little leaky in that game. And there were some things you could kind of see it turning the other way. And then it just kind of came to a head in that Vegas game and uh, also in the Arizona game. So for me, you know, these final whatever 16, 17 games of the regular season, it's not so much about uh, the wins and losses. And, yeah, you want to be able to, to string together some wins and go into the playoffs on a positive. Right. Uh, but it's more about just getting back to that defensive first mentality that they had when they were on that 11-game win streak. There was a stretch there uh, where they went seven straight games and they gave up two goals or less. And these were against coming, you know, coming against – you know, the Pittsburghs, the Columbuses, the Islanders, like really good, legitimate playoff yeah. teams, the upper echelon teams uh, in the NHL. So for me, it's about getting McDonough back, which hopefully that comes on this upcoming road trip, getting Ruta back, which you hope maybe sometime next week, uh, and then just really solidifying how you're going to play defensively and how you want to play once you get into the postseason and building towards that. And it looks like McDonough's going to be – playing sooner yeah, rather should than later. Be soon. Maybe I mean, on this road trip coming up, right? Yeah, I, I would say for sure on this road trip, and maybe even as soon as, as Saturday's game, you know, against Boston. He's, you know, he he practiced yesterday. He wasn't in any kind of red, no-contact jersey. Uh, they did a lot of battle drills uh, in Wednesday's practice. Alex Kalorn, you know, he went up in a battle with him in the corner and said he feels stronger than he ever has at any point, meaning McDonough felt as strong. Uh so it doesn't look like there's any issue, you know, as far as the injury. We asked him today if there's any concern of, you know, a reoccurrence or, uh, you know, maybe re-injuring the whatever the injury is, re-injuring himself in the same way. And it's something where he said, you know, once it's passed him, it, it's something that he doesn't really have to worry about. With Ruta being out, has he almost made himself more valuable when you see who's been playing with Victor Hedman and their performances? They haven't been bad. But it does maybe in some ways make you appreciate how steady Jan Ruta was. Yeah, and I think, you know, if there's one kind of defensive position that might still be up for grabs, it, it, I feel it is Ruta's spot. Um, I Even feel now like, still? You yeah, think? I mean, I feel like once – and you want to make sure that, you know, Ruta is the Ruta pre-injury. You know, you don't want this to be where he comes back yeah. and maybe there's still something lingering or maybe he's not uh, – it takes him a while to build his game back to where it was. But you know, I kind of feel that's – what Bogosian, why he was brought in, and 
I know he's brought in for depth purposes, but maybe just to, to create a little bit more competition for that spot. See if maybe Bogosian can give you a little bit more in that role than Ruta. I think it's Ruta's spot. I think if he comes back and he's playing as well as he was pre-injury, I just think he's such a, a solid player, such a smart player, and he's dependable. He does yeah. exactly what the coaches want him to do. He plays so well with Victor Hedman, and uh, I think he just really rounds out that top six and is a guy that they can really count on. I think sometimes being simple, playing with a guy like Victor Hedman is what you need. Yeah, I mean, Victor does that. you know everything you need him to do out on the ice. What you just need is someone that's going to play smart, solid defensively yeah. and uh, know his positioning relative to where Hedman is on the ice. Yeah, it's a good point by you. And uh, we'll see how that all transpires here the next uh, couple of weeks. But like we said, McDonough could be back as early as Saturday against the Bruins. We'll wait and see how that uh, all Tough plays matchup out. to go back in when, yeah. you're, uh, when you're first one back, yeah. but why not? get thrown into the fire it's hard not to envision that being the, the second round matchup it really is i mean and listen what happened to tampa bay in the playoffs last year nobody should be looking ahead but right we kind of do it you know just because it's it's fun but um that would be an intriguing matchup but you know you got to throw mcdonough back into the fire at some point right yeah well and that saturday that game on tuesday it definitely had that that playoff it type did. of feel where every shift you know the game could change it was well, testy yeah on every shift it was and, testy. uh any little mistake that you were going to make yeah. could be magnified it could be the uh could lead to your downfall no doubt about it burns as always buddy we appreciate the uh the analysis we'll do it again real soon all right great to be on thanks Greg. all right buddy brian burns beat reporter for the tampa bay lightning joining us right there Stu cowan Sports columnist at the Montreal Gazette will join me next. Love having Stu on. We'll talk about this Canadiens team. Where do they go from here? And what does Mark Bergevin do in the offseason to get things going for this Montreal team? We'll do that when we return right here on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Shot taken, Morgan! What a save by Vasilevsky! No rebound! The latest news, interviews, and more. No. With your host, Greg Lanelli. Really? On Lightning Power Play. All right, we're getting you set for Lightning and Canadians. Glad you're with us here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play. The Lightning trying to bounce back after an okay performance against the Bruins Tuesday night, 2 to 1. It's a game they felt like early on. Boston certainly controlled the pace of the game, but then the second half of that game, Tampa Bay felt like they dictated play, and as a result, they ended up losing 2 1. But We'll see if they can build off of the second half of the Bruins game. Here to talk about the Montreal Canadiens, just a little bit, a team that is playing better of late, but looks like they're going to miss the playoffs again. And it's our good friend Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette. He's a columnist there. Make sure you check out his work when you can. Stu, great to be with you. Great to be as with always. you. As always. I keep and dreaming of a playoff series between the Lightning and the Habs just so I can come here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you love it, and who wouldn't, you know, this time of year for sure. Exactly. But, you know, I would ask you just right now, that what's – What's up with the, the Canadians? I feel like they've got some pieces, Stu, where you feel like there's some good players there. But it's it, maybe it all together doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, this is going to be the third year in a row they missed the playoffs, which has only happened twice in the history of the Montreal Canadiens and four times in five years. So to say that fans are getting frustrated would be putting it mildly. Uh, Mark Bergevin has sold the uh, owner, Jeff Molson, on this reset, as he calls it, where they're trying to build through the draft. Uh, but, you know, there's no – they've had a lot of injuries this year to some key players, but every team, the Lightning, goes through yeah. goes through injuries. It's part of the game, and they just don't have the depth to get through it. 
And, uh, you know, I, I just don't see how, you know, Canadians fans, you're seeing empty seats now at the Bell Centre, which you never used to see. Wow. Uh, there's games that officially are not sellouts. I mean, there was 14 straight years where they sold out the Bell Centre, even when they had some bad teams. So fans are frustrated. I think they're waiting for something to happen. I think they were hoping maybe something might happen at the trade deadline. Uh, but I think they're really hoping now that something's going to happen in the offseason. I think uh, this team needs a star player. This team hasn't... The, the last Canadians player to finish in the top 10 in NHL scoring was Matt Snazland in 1986. I had hair back then. So you probably <laughs> good set of hair, too, <laughs> yeah, probably. Good, set, that's yeah, it. good hair. But it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, they need a star player. They need somebody who can put the puck in the net. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what Bergevin does moving forward. I mean, Carey Price has six more years left on that eight-year, $84 million contract. They've never won with P Carey Price, and that's not Carey Price's fault necessarily. Yeah. They haven't, he, you know, he played great a couple of years ago against the Rangers in the playoffs, right. and the Canes couldn't score. So you wonder if it's worth, if, it, if it's time to look at something different. Uh, it would be if, if they wanted to trade Carey Price, it would be a difficult contract to move. You'd probably have to eat maybe half of that salary. I don't know if Mark Bergman wants to go that way, but they need to do something, I think, to get a, a, an 80-point. A player before the season, you know, is going to get 80, 85 points. There's not a lot of them in the league, but the Canadians really, really need one. And I just don't think, uh, you know, this reset, even with they have a ton of draft picks coming up in that, but I just think I, I think the patience in Montreal is wearing out. I don't think fans are going to be patient enough to wait. And it's supposed to be a deep draft this year, but as you know, Stu, I mean, mm -hmm. that can take three, four years down the road before any of those guys become good. You I know Perry Kotkanemi, the third overall pick right. last year, played last season, looked yeah. great. Now he's playing in Laval in the That's minors. Right. So yeah. he took a step backwards. They, they tried to get Sebastian Ajo, mm -hmm. and did. that didn't work. Yep. I mean, so he, he... But you can't rely on that, because another team could have... Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was a desperation effort on July 1st, I think, for Mark Bergman. Like, he couldn't get any... It's really hard to get free agents to come to Montreal. Yeah. And when I come to Tampa, I sort of understand <laughs> part of the reason why for that, uh, the weather and everything else here. But, uh, you know, in, in Montreal, you have the fact the team hasn't been very good. You have the weather. You have the language factor. You have a lot of things that go into the taxes in Quebec. You have a lot of things that go into making it really hard to get free agents to come to Montreal. And Mark Bergeron has had no success. So last year, last July, he tried the desperation move to give Ajo a... a an offer sheet that was loaded with bonuses. I mean, I think it's $21 million he's making in the first year of the contract, hoping that Carolina wouldn't match it. But, I mean, they have a filthy rich owner who yeah. matched it easily, and they were stuck. And that's a guy they really could have used this year, despite all the injuries and everything they've gone through this year. They're still only seven points out of a playoff spot. And they lost all four games to the New York Rangers, the, uh, New York Rangers, the Detroit Red Wings yeah. this year, uh. which was a killer, the worst team in the NHL. Right. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned they have a hard time getting players in Montreal, which, you know, here in Florida, you think Montreal, the mm -hmm. mecca of hockey. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? You just rattled off some factors that maybe people don't consider. That's it. And, you know, you look at, you know, the guys who have stayed here. Uh, Vinny LeCalvary, a Montreal kid. You know, he had an yeah, opportunity right. to go back home as a free agent. He chose to stay here. Steven Stamkos chose to stay here. Alex Kalorn, another Montreal kid playing here. Uh, you know, Matthew Darsh. I spoke with Matthew Darsh today. Yeah. Uh, you know, even another Montreal guy. So as a Montreal guy, I can see why guys don't want to leave here. It's, <laughs> It's a fantastic place. It's a good place. Well, you know, I was talking to our previous guest, Brian Burrs, and I was saying, isn't it interesting that the Canadians are probably looking at the Lightning and saying that's what we want to be? Yeah, that's very And vice versa. I mean, like, you know, the Lightning have everything, right? They've got good goaltending, they've got scores, they've got size, they've got headmen on defense. They're a really well-built hockey team, and they have enough depth that they can survive injuries. They can still win when guys are out. Whereas the Canadians, when they lose guys, like Paul Byron, is a you know he's not a top line player, but he's one of those guys who can play on all four lines. He missed a ton of. He was had knee surgery in November. He only came back about a month ago. But they've been a different team just with him back in the lineup. He just gives them that little bit of a spark. But when a guy like that, when you lose a guy like that, and he comes back, and this is no knock on Paul Byron. He can have that much of an impact on the team. It just shows you just how fragile they are. 
that they can't recover from even just losing a guy like Paul Byron, who's like a spark plug player, not a star player. Is finding offensive talent really where Mark Bergevin has fouled, and is that why they went out and got, tried to get a guy like Jonathan Drouin well, to come in and, and be that guy? They went and got Jonathan Drouin, and, you know, Lightning fans know Jonathan Drouin. Some nights he's great, and some nights right. he disappears. You don't even see him. Yeah. Uh, his first first year in Montreal, he wasn't very good. And then last season, he played he played well at the beginning, then he went in a horrible stretch down the end. I think he had one goal in the last 22 games or something Big like reason that. why they missed the playoffs. And he's a right? very big reason why yeah. they missed the playoffs. There was a lot of heat on him during the offseason. He came back this season, he played really, really well. And in the same game that Paul Byron hurt his knee, Joy hurt his wrist and had surgery. And he was out. He came back. I think he came back a little early. I think he maybe felt pressure on the Canes to come back. It was his left wrist, the lower hand on his shooting stick. And he was still feeling pain when he was shooting the puck. Uh, he came back. It was invisible. Uh, hurt his ankle. Now he's out again. I don't think he'll play again this season. Um, so it's, it's, you know, and when Canadians fans look at what Sergachev is doing here, and uh, yeah. that's, another, that's another trade yeah. that, you know, that was a, a first-round pick, a solid defenseman. Sergachev looked pretty good on the Canadians' blue line right now. That's for sure. So what does Bergevin do? I mean, you mentioned blow it up. Or maybe well, make a big a, move. Maybe he's got to make a big – I mean, he's got a ton of draft picks, and the draft is in Montreal this year. So I, I think he's got to do something to get the fan base excited again. Uh, you know, I have friends in Montreal who have season tickets to their companies, and they're having a hard times giving them away. Like people, there's just people are fed up. I think with the Canadians losing, yeah. you know, two years ago they finished 28th in the league. It was just horrible. Uh, at the end of the season, Mark Bergevin blamed it on a bad attitude. He traded away Max Pacioretty, the captain. He traded away Alex Galchenyuk. They were sort of made the scapegoats. Uh, last year they came back. A bunch of guys had career seasons. They came within two points of making the playoffs. So heading into this season. Fans had forgotten about the disaster of two seasons ago, and they were excited. They go, okay, we're finally going to get in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we're talking about the weather here in Montreal. Montreal, when the Canadians are in the playoffs, is an amazing place. The weather is warm, spring's coming, the Habs, all the bars are full, yeah, the people watching great. the games. The city just comes to life in, in the spring yeah. when the Canadians make the playoffs. And as I said, they haven't been there. I think fans are just, the, the only thing worse than angry fans are fans who stop caring. And I think there's a bit of apathy now with the team where they're just, the fans I think are just fed up. And, and that's why I think Mark Bergeron has to do something this summer to, to excite the fan base. Yeah, Stu Khan from the Montreal Gazette joins us here on Lightning Power Play and News Radio WFLA. Were you surprised Tatar was still around at the trade deadline? There was some talk that maybe he's a guy that. Bergevin would deal for some more assets. I mean, how did you look at the trade deadline? I know you said it was pretty uninspiring. Yeah, I, mean, I wrote a column before the trade deadline saying I thought they should keep the tar and keep Petrie because they have so many picks. You need guys who can play. That's right. You need guys who can play. And when we were in New York the other day and Barry Trotz was talking about the trade they made for Pajot and they gave up a bunch of draft picks. And he said, those draft picks, he said, when, when Scott Stevens uh, left Washington and they got five first-round picks, yeah. and he said, I don't think any of those guys really played. Like, you, you know, he said, with Pajot, we have a player we know is going to be here for six years, and he's a good player. Yeah. So we'll give up the picks. And, and draft picks, as you know, Kanyemi didn't uh, Well, I shouldn't say didn't work out. He's struggling now. He's sent back to Laval. Galchenyuk definitely didn't work out. He was a number three overall draft pick. The Canadians had six straight years where their number one draft pick was a bust. Uh, Louis LeBlanc included in there. Uh, you know, it, it, they, they've had, they've done well in later rounds of the draft. You know, they got Subban in a later round. They got Gallagher in a later round. Uh, th but they just in the first round picks, they've, they've just been bust. And Michael McCarron's another guy that they had in the first round who didn't work out. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, you go down the list, and and that's a big reason why the Kings are where they are now. Have you, they had some shakeup there? No, the scouting Trevor, department. Trevor that's the Timmons other thing. has been there for forever. He was there before Bergeron was there. Yeah. And uh, you know, fans are fans in Montreal, like on social media, and that are as, as upset with Timmons as they are with Bergeron. Uh, a lot of p people pointing the finger at him for the blame. But uh, again, I don't think any franchise can miss 
Every franchise misses on a first-round pick. Yeah, you know, it's a crap shot. Right, you're right, 18-year-old right. kids, but you can't miss six years in a row. Sure. You can't have six draft picks in a row that really don't contribute anything to your team. You know this as well as I do. When a team struggles, the coach is made the scapegoat, the first mm -hmm. scapegoat. Claude Julian's a good coach. I mean, the no, track record would suggest Stanley that. Stanley Cup ring with Boston. Yeah. But how much blame does he deserve, and does that contract make him tough to move on from? Well, him? he has two more years at $5 million a year, so yeah. that's 10 million reasons to keep him right yeah. there. <laughs> right. But um, the, the thing that's impressive, and you, you know, you'll probably see it again tonight with the Canadians, this is a team that's had a lot of reasons to give up this season, and they haven't. They keep fighting. They played really well the other night in New York, beat the Islanders 6-2. And I think that says a lot about Julian. I think the players, and there's always some players and aren't going to like the coach, but I think the majority of the players like the coach. They respect him. Uh, they work hard. The assistant coaches, Kirk Muller, is, is a popular guy. Also, Luke Richardson's a popular assistant yeah. coach. Uh, you know, Mark Bergman gave a solid vote of confidence saying that Bergman will be back next uh, October, November, December, not just to start the season. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, does he deserve some of the blame? Yeah, the power play has struggled. I guess you can blame the coaching staff a little bit for that. Uh, but, you know, Red Fisher, the legendary Red Fisher, who covered the Canadians for the Montreal Gazette for years and years, Hall of Famer, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. When the Canes were going through bad times, he used to always say, show me the players. And I don't think, you know, I imagine Scotty Bowman might be here Good tonight. Point. He's usually here when uh, I come to Tampa. Yeah. And I don't think Scotty Bowman could turn this team around and yeah. it's fine. You're only as good as a coach is only as good as the players he has and uh, trying to get the most out of them. And I think Claude Julien has, in many ways, got the most out of a lot of the players that he has this year. Who's been a pleasant surprise this year for Montreal? Nick Suzuki, the rookie. Yeah. He's been really, really good. He, he came to training camp. It wasn't certain he was going to make the team. He came to training camp last year, and they sent him back to junior, which was a, it was a good move. Uh, he went to the OHL final with his junior team. He was in the uh, MVP in, in the playoffs. He played for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Uh, he came to camp this year. He's a really skilled uh, hockey smart. He's really a hockey IQ is really high, and he works hard, and he's a really bright kid when you talk to him. And I think when you go back to some of the Canadians' first-round picks they've had in the past, uh, I don't think their hockey IQ was that high. And off the ice, some of them weren't the brightest guys around either. And I think that <laughs> hurt them. So when you get a smart yeah. kid like Suzuki, uh, and, you know, Claude Julien has a reputation for not being good with young players, not liking young players. But Nick Suzuki is an example of if you have a smart young player who will do what the coach tells him to do and will learn and not make the same mistakes repeatedly, Claude Julien will play him. He started off on the fourth line. He played with Nate Thompson, who's now with the Flyers, yeah. and traded, which I think was brilliant because Nate Thompson is such a positive influence. Sure. He's such a well-respected player. I think he learned a lot of lessons. He was playing wing with Thompson at center. Now Suzuki's at center. He's moved up the lines. He's playing on the power play. They've even used them penalty killing. So he's been a real pleasant surprise for this team this year, and I think he's got a really bright future he's in the NHL. He's got 40 points exactly. for a team that's not exactly. scoring. I think, which he's is fifth, I think he's fifth in the NHL in scoring. As I said, 40 yeah. points, and he started off on the fourth line. How's uh, Shea, Shea Weber? I know he's dealt with some injuries, came he, back. and There were reports there last month that his not only his season was over, but his career might be over with his Nick Kipros. I got a tweet with yeah. that foot in, and he missed like a week. And he came. Yeah. Shea, Shea Weber's not human. I mean, you know, <laughs> two years ago he broke his foot in the first game of the season. He played 25 more games on a broken foot before his ankle started acting up, I guess from compensating for the broken foot, and they had to shut him down. He had surgery on his ankle. Then in the offseason, he went in for what was supposed to be minor knee surgery. It turned out it wasn't minor, so he missed more time. And then he comes back, and he's just, you know, he, he's, they call, you know, it was uh, Mike Babcock who called him the man mountain during the Olympics. And that's, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. He's, he's a tough dude. He, he plays hard minutes. 
uh, and he's just so tough. He's, you know, for the media guys, he's not the best. He's, he's so cool. Like, he doesn't like dealing with the media. And is he tough to deal with? He's well, not so tough. He's just he has. You can tell he doesn't like doing it. Right. And you right. get two, three word answers for him. And I think he was happy in uh, Nashville, where there was one guy covering the team, <laughs> and he might speak to him once a yeah, week or twice right. a week. Whereas now, you know, you in Montreal, you get 50 guys sure. uh, in the locker room after every practice. Uh, but you know, Weber's Mark Bergeron said that what Weber has brought off the ice is as important as what he's brought on the ice and just showing the young guys what it takes to be a leader and what it takes to play in the NHL. And again, playing through all this pain. Another, As I said, a lot of guys have a reason to give up. Shea Weber could have given up with that foot injury and shut it down for the season. He's not. He's back out. He's playing 22 minutes a game, and he's been very effective. Two more questions for you. When you look at this team, even if they do make a big shakeup, are they a playoff team in your eyes, or is it going to take a couple more years of getting some good players and talent in here to get this thing going? It's good. If, they, if he doesn't do something, whether it's packaging his draft picks, I mean, uh, this kid Lafreniere is going to be the number one pick next year, obviously a French Quebec kid yeah. that the Canes would love to get. Right. Uh, someone suggested on social media, the Canes have like 14 draft picks. Give them all 14 draft picks for, <laughs> for him, plus another player. There you plus. Go. But uh, if he doesn't do something, doesn't if he doesn't do something to shake up the core of this team have been and bring in some better talent. They're going to be in the same situation next year. Even without injuries this year, before the season, I wrote that they were a bubble team to get in the playoffs. If Carey Price played like Carey Price can play, they'd probably sure. get in. Carey Price had a slow start this season like he did last season. Yeah. That hurt them. Uh, they've, 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 this team has been built on Carey Price's back for too long. It's, they've relied, it's, you know, Mark Bergeron is always saying, you know, we get in the playoffs, and with a goalie like Carey Price, anything can happen. Well, they don't get in the playoffs. Right. As you, uh, you're wasting Carey Price. And as I said, when they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago against the Rangers, Carey Price was outstanding, uh, and they couldn't score. So it's it's they they got to stop just building this team on Carey Price's back and hoping that he's going to solve all their problems because he can't score. You think if they asked him, Carey, do you want to move? Would you think he'd say yes? Obviously, there's a lot of different factors involved in that. There are, but at the end of last season, uh, when I asked Carey Price, uh, you know, talking earlier about how it's hard to get free agents to come to Montreal, and I said to him, you know, what would you say to potential free agents to try and convince them to come to Montreal? And he said, I want to win now. Like, I want to win. And uh, when it was mentioned to him a little later about prospects and that, he said, I don't really care about prospects. I care about the guys who are on the ice. So I think he's, the only thing Carey Price doesn't have is a Stanley Cup. And... I don't think at this point he sees one in the future with Montreal, the way this team is built yeah. right now. So that makes me believe that if Bergevin, you know, he has a no-movement clause, uh, but that makes me believe that if Bergevin was, was looking to move him, uh, I think Price would probably agree if it was to go to a team that was a decent team. But how many good teams can afford a $10.5 million right. salary cap if yeah. they're goalies? Uh, you know, the Seattle expansion team coming. His wife's from out that area. He mm -hmm. played junior out that area. So you wonder if There's that might there. be tempting to him, like the way Marc-Andre Fleury went to Vegas. Uh, but again, it's 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 a difficult situation because, uh, as I said, he has a no movement clause. He has a 10.5 million dollar salary cap hit. He can choose where he wants to go. And I'm not convinced that Mark Bergevin has given up on building this team on the back of Carey Price. Yeah. Before we let you go, what do you make of the Eastern Conference in general? What do you make of the Atlantic Division, the top three teams right now? Yeah, it's. I mean, to me, it's Boston and Tampa. I mean, those are the. I know they play each other the other night. Yeah. And uh, you know, if they meet, it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. An awesome series. Uh, Toronto is, uh, you know, I think the as upset as Montreal fans will be with the Canadians missing the playoffs three years in a row, they'd be almost as happy if the Leafs miss. <laughs> 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 with Austin Matthews and all the firepower yeah. and yeah. You know, that that rivalry between sure. Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. And, uh, 
So I think uh, the, the the highlight of this season for Canadians fans at this point would be the Leafs missing the playoffs. A few Canadian teams may make the playoffs this year. That's true, and that, that'd be great be for good. The, like Sportsnet, the, yeah. the, the TV network that paid all the billions for for sure for the TV rights, and then one year there was no Canadian teams right. in the playoffs at all. Right. So you know they're banking on the, the I mean the Leafs carry the Canadian. Yeah. You know, they're more, they're I, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say the most popular team in Canada, but they have, the they, number fan, one? they have the biggest fan base gotcha. because of the Toronto area. Sure. Toronto base. They have the biggest fan TV fan base in yeah. their uh, respect. So, uh, yeah. So that's uh, to me. It's uh, Boston and, and Tampa are the two teams. As we know, last year you mm -hmm. never know. That's it. You, you never just know. never know what's gonna happen in the playoffs. Stu, as always, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. My Enjoy pleasure. your time here. My pleasure. And you people who live here in Tampa, you're lucky. <laughs> 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 Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette joining us here on the show. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. Get you set for the game tonight right here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Crosby, open in front, backhand shot. What a miraculous stop. The latest news, interviews, and more. Finally! With your host, Greg Lanelli. Oh, the relief on his face! On Lightning Power Play. All right, thanks to Stu Cowan there from the Montreal Gazette talking about the Canadians. I was saying earlier in the show, it is interesting. And look, Lightning fans, I get the frustration, particularly last year, this team setting records and they, they fizzle out in the first round. I understand that and point taken. But think about being a Montreal Canadiens fan right now. I mean, that is where hockey <laughs> came from, basically. I mean... When you think hockey, when you think of the tradition of this game, you think of the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they're right up there. And they basically, in some ways, in many ways, are irrelevant. The Lightning, a team in Florida, is better positioned to be successful in the long run than the Montreal Canadiens. And I think a lot of people will say, you know, look, the NHL would be in a better place if a team like the Canadians were in the playoffs. It'd be good for the game. Or, you know, you hear this all the time in basketball. If the Celtics and Lakers are in the playoffs, it's better for the game. We can debate that all you want. I think the game's doing pretty well right now in the National Hockey League with all the parity that we've seen. But it's just really interesting how things have changed when it comes to these two organizations. The Lightning have been one of the best organizations the last five or six years. They've consistently drafted and developed well. They've been competitive on the ice. Taking last year's disappointment out of the equation, I understand. Uh, they made a Stanley Cup final appearance, losing to the Blackhawks. They made a couple of Eastern Conference Finals with an opportunity to go to the Cup, up 3-2 on the Penguins and the Capitals. And so, yeah, there have been some disappointments, but nothing as disappointing as Montreal not making the playoffs. And they're on their way doing that this year. I mean, that's, in a lot of ways, unacceptable. But here Tampa Bay is on the verge of making another playoff appearance with this core group of players. And yes, while they are dealing with injuries, the biggest one being Steven Stamkos, there's still a lot of people out there who have a lot of confidence in this team. Time will tell. 
We'll find out in a couple of weeks how things play out once the playoffs begin. But you'd rather be a Lightning fan at this point than the Canadians or a Canadian fan. Speaking of injuries, Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruta are skating, which is good. It looks like McDonough has an opportunity to play this weekend. Could be as soon as the Boston game on Saturday. You, Ruta, I think, still a little ways away. But regardless, maybe Tampa Bay now getting healthier at the right time. And obviously Stamkos, you know, his injury, a little bit of a question mark there. But you get McDonough back in the lineup, you get Ruta back in the lineup, all of a sudden now your back end and your defensive structure gets a lot better. And I think as we've seen over the last maybe week or so, defensively this team hasn't been as good. And I think having a guy like McDonough and Ruta back in the lineup will certainly help tighten things up. And uh, I'm sure John Cooper can't wait for those guys to get back in the lineup. All right, I want to thank everybody involved in listening and helping with this show. Steve Ersnick on location. Jason Berenger back in our network studios. Appreciate their uh, expertise there. Coming up, we've got the pregame show. We're going to hear from Alex Kalorn, John Cooper. Of course, Dave Mishkin, Phil Esposito, Eric Erlinson, Stu Cowan, and Kevin Shattenkirk. He's going to sit down with Dave Mishkin. They're going to talk about where this Lightning team is and rebounding from that Boston loss two nights ago. It's the Lightning and Canadians coming up in less than 40 minutes. Can't wait for it right here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play.